Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University, Belfast. This episode was recorded during a panel discussion on international careers, featuring Michael Barton, the Regional Director for Invest NI in Toronto, and Jessica McLean, who is the Impacts and Results Manager at Exchange for Peace in New York, and is hosted by Karen McCann from the Queen's Careers Employability and Skills Department. So, good afternoon everyone and welcome to our panel discussion on international careers. My name is Karen McCann and I'm a careers consultant with Careers Employability and Skills and I'll be your host for the seminar. We've got a great session lined up for you this afternoon. We've got two fantastic panellists and they're both originally from Northern Ireland, which is fantastic. And they're going to be speaking to you about their professional career journeys, as well as their experiences of living and working internationally. So we'll finish with a Q&A and you'll have the chance to ask them questions using the chat function. And bear in mind, the chat function is private, so your questions will be anonymous. So I'd really encourage you to ask, uh, put your question in the chat and ask the panellists anything that you would like them to answer for you. So also, I should point out the session is being recorded. So if you miss anything, you'll be able to pick it up um, at a later stage. We'll have it on the Careers, Employability and Skills website. So just before I get things underway and introduce you to the panel, I want to acknowledge that it might seem a bit unusual that we're having this webinar at all to focus it on international careers um, whenever most of us um, are currently under um, COVID restrictions of some sort. Um, so just to address that, um, from our perspective, things are slowly beginning to change, um, not just here at home, but also around the world um, where more people are getting vaccinated and the COVID um, infections are starting to come down. So that's all good news. It's all very positive. And uh, um, so, yes, while we are still navigating really uncertain times, um, we're hopeful that in the weeks and months ahead, and particularly as we get to the, um, towards the summer, that we'll be able to kind of move into a more normal um, way of life. And um, hopefully travel restrictions will be lifted as well. And uh, um, we'll be able to start moving around again and uh, um, take up the um, opportunities that are there um, for moving and uh, um, traveling abroad. I, um, at this stage, um, would like to introduce you to our panellists. As I said, we have two fantastic panellists. We've got Michael Barton. Welcome, Michael. Um, Michael is uh, um, the Regional Director for Invest in I in Toronto. And uh, we've got Jessica McLaren, who um, is the Impacts and Results Manager with Exchanges for Peace in New York. So very, very much you both. Thank you for joining us this morning. Delighted you could be here. And a special welcome because I know it's a really cold and snowy morning in Toronto and in New York. I know it's eight o'clock in the morning, so you've had a much earlier start than us. And, uh, um, you know, so we're really um, grateful that uh, you made the time to come and join us today. So, so welcome. So, guys, uh, um, both of our panelists know firsthand um, what it's like to build, they know firsthand about the realities of establishing and building a professional career in a new country and the challenges that that brings, um, such as getting to grips with a new, um, a new culture, a new work culture, and indeed a new climate. Um, the climate in New York and Canada that can be much harsher than it is here. Um, but they also know about the opportunities and benefits of a new and different lifestyle. And as they've had experience of living and working internationally, um, they're ideally positioned to share their experiences with you. So I'm going to bring the panelists on again shortly. Um, I've asked them to speak for 10, 15 minutes um, each um, about their career journey and their pathways to success. Um, basically, how did they get to where they are now? How did they start out um, and um, you know, get to, to be enjoying the careers that they have at the moment. Um, so they're also going to talk to you about their experiences of living and working internationally. What was, what's it like for them? Um, what's the best bits, the highs and the lows? And uh, um, what can they share with you that, uh, um, that you, know, you can um, really learn from? And uh, um, hopefully it'll help you with your own um, career decision making if you do decide um, to work abroad. So they're also going to share um, any labour market insights that they have and also um, try to share some um, 
you know, knowledge that they have about the skills that they as employers uh, um, are looking for and what um, employers generally are looking for in um, in their the countries um, where they're located. So also any hit, uh, any um, hints and tips and advice that they can offer um, for students like yourselves who may be thinking about um, developing an international career. So, as I said, after this, the panellists speak, um, we'll have the q and I'm sure you'll have lots of questions for them. So do put your questions in the chat as we're going along and um, I'll pick them up at the end. Um, so, Michael is um, going to be our first presenter this morning. So welcome back, Michael. And um, just before I hand over to Michael to start his presentation, I'm just going to give you a brief flavour of uh, um, Michael's career to date. And, uh, um, just a wee bit of information about him generally. So as I said, he's the Regional Director for Vest United Canada and he's responsible for proactively identifying business opportunities in the Canadian market for Northern Ireland and Northern Irish companies across multiple sectors. And he's also um, responsible for promoting investment capabilities to key business decision makers um, across Canada. So um, Michael will tell you a bit more about that, um, about that role whenever um, when he's presenting. So he was born in County Down, grew up in County Wicklow, uh, went to UCD and uh, um, was also educated at the Michael Smurfit Business School. And uh, um, he is currently the sole Invest in I representative in Canada. So huge responsibility um, promoting Northern Ireland economic development activity. So I'm just going to say, Michael, that he has also added that um, when he's not working, he's a rugby fan. He is a new dad. So many congratulations on that. Terrible golfer and sailor. So, um, so everybody, welcome, Michael. And um, it's over to you. Thanks very much, Karen. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to um, to be here uh, this morning or this afternoon with you guys. And um, yeah, delighted to uh, sort of tell you a little bit about um, my career to date, uh, what I do out here in Canada, um, and then try and maybe give you a little bit of uh, advice. I wouldn't use the word advice, but maybe a little bit of a steer um, about sort of if you guys are considering a, a career overseas and then with my Canadian experience applied. So uh, we'll kick it off. Um, so as uh, as Karen very kindly um, introduced, I, I am the sole representative for Invest Northern Ireland um, here in Canada. Um, my title is Regional Director. I cover Canada from the East Coast right across to the West Coast, but I'm based out of Toronto, uh, which is sort of in the uh, the middle of the country, um, just north of New York. Um, my role um, and us as an organization is economic development, and that really just means that we are responsible for trying to drive up the private sector and, and employment opportunities across Northern Ireland. And we do that really in two, two ways. We work very closely with Northern Irish businesses. We help them grow through a number of means back at our HQ in Belfast, which is a short walk down the road from you guys in your Queen's campus at Bedford Square, to our 23 global offices. And we've really, really grown our global offices over the last you know, I would say five to six years. Um, we've always had a large American presence um, and we had a lot of success bringing US companies, which I'm sure some of you may be familiar with, but we'd be based around Belfast. That success has now translated to us opening these other offices globally, which includes myself here in Canada, uh, office in Santiago in Chile, office in Australia, uh, offices in China, Singapore, um, the Middle East out of Dubai, South Africa in Johannesburg, and then through Europe as well in Madrid and Brussels and also in London. Uh, so also as an organization as well, there are lots of opportunities overseas. So you know, I think it's something that you, I can talk about later, but just to be aware of. As I said, so our role really is to sell the best of Northern Ireland. And the great thing that actually includes you guys as well. So we're out there selling Queen's University Belfast and you as, you, uh, you as graduates as the quality. Now I know that's a bit contradictory because you guys are looking overseas, um, but just to sort of say you are the best and the brightest and it's fantastic to be able to sort of go out there to the market and sell that. Uh, so my current role in Canada, it's quite diverse, as you can see um, from the pictures attached. Uh, that's me selling, uh, well, not selling, because we don't sell. We're, I would say we're facilitators, but we're facilitating a Northern Irish producer of trailers for the agricultural and the construction industry at a, at a Canadian outdoor farm show, right across to selling whiskey or facilitating whiskey with Tourism Island at, a, at an Irish whiskey event and promoting the best of Irish whiskey from distilleries across Northern Ireland. And then, of course, we work, work with high-tech firms which Northern Ireland is really starting to see a lot of, uh, again, because of the talent that is in, in the region and, and we get to work very closely with them. So my role is very diverse. I would say not very, not very boring um, because it's great because you get to do everything. I think that's one of the things I'm going to discuss as well is 
you know, there's something to think about in your career. Um, don't maybe pigeonhole yourself to something as well. That was something I was always very fearful of when I was in university. Like I have to go down a certain track. And I think as I've developed my career, um, I've learned actually, you know, having quite a, a sort of a general um, sort of a view and experience is actually very helpful, uh, particularly in a role overseas as well, when you have to maybe um, learn to adapt quite quickly. Um, and so when you're dealing with an agricultural company to dealing with a high tech company, maybe in cybersecurity or financial technology, right across to dealing with a food and drink company. And um, there's lots of different nuances, but at the end of the day, it's, it's still business and you're still trying to get a product or a service sold in a new market. So that's what I do uh, on a daily basis. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very proud to be able to do this and very, very proud to sell Northern Ireland um, where I was born um, overseas as well. Uh, my career to date, um, so it's a little bit, I wouldn't say I've had the straightest career. Um, I graduated in 2007 from UCD in Dublin um, with a Bachelor of Arts uh, Honours degree in History and Geography. Uh, from there, um, I went into Michael Smurf at Business School as a, as a non-business uh, undergrad and did a postgrad in uh, management um, that was open to non-business grads. Um, and I did that just because I wasn't entirely sure um, was, was leaving UCD what I wanted to do. So I took that opportunity. Uh, to do that for a year and I added to some of the experiences I got from my arts degree but I found my arts degree um, and what I'd learned there very useful and I'll talk about it on a later slide but I just found it very useful actually when I went into the business the business uh, master's because I was able to apply some of my analytical skills and also the fact that for three years as an art student you're pretty much on your own so you learn a little bit of self-discipline as well. I graduated in September 2008 from, from Michael Smurfit, uh, beginning of the financial crash. You guys may be a bit young uh, to remember that but uh, that was probably the last time we, the, the global market really suffered. So it wasn't the most ideal time to be coming out of university and looking for a job, particularly in Dublin, which was um, which was badly affected. Um, I did begin a, a career though in financial services uh, with Bank of America Merrill Lynch in their Dublin offices in 2009. I spent three years um, working in their middle office um, supporting um, their teams in both New York and London. Um, it was a great learning experience, um, but it was, something I wasn't you know, totally in love with. So in, in 2012, myself and my partner, uh, we took the decision that we were, you know, we, we would like to maybe travel and, and, and go maybe work overseas for you know, what we thought might be 18 months to two years. Uh, so we got the IEC visa, um, which is open to you know, UK and Irish nationals. Um, and we went to Canada um, with no real intention to stay there for too long. Um, we didn't have jobs going over either. We took quite, we took quite a calculated risk um, and went. I left full-time jobs in Dublin um, against the advice of a lot of our family, but we took that risk and we, and we went abroad and we went to Toronto in September 2012. Um, and from 2012 to 2017, um, I actually had two jobs. Um, I started off working for an insurance technology startup in 2012, um, which I'll talk about as well, a little bit how I got to that job. But again, it was really just through networking um, how I got that role, because again, I had no experience in the insurance world, particularly in Canada, uh, and I had no real technology experience either. Um, from there, I actually then transitioned into another startup, which is in the healthcare space. And again, I was doing business development work for them. I did that up to 2017. Um, and then in 2017, the opportunity arose that investors in Ireland were opening an office. Um, and I put myself forward for that role. Um, and I think with my experience, uh, both in financial services and then with startups, um, it was actually I was very suited to the role that was needed, um, which, which was a government role, but there was also a sort of a startup nature to the fact that we were opening an office here for the first time. So that was my career, um, and that brings me up to today. Um, so we can, I'll flip on to my next slide. Um, I'm just gonna talk about this very briefly, and this really applies to any degree, but my arts degree, and I didn't really uh, sort of know this at the time, but it really was the foundation of my career. Um, it gave me a lot of, um, I think, self-discipline. It allowed me to maybe be a little more of a critical thinker. Uh, and it also gave me a sort of chance to you know, spend some time having to analyze, you know, you know, especially history and geography, analyzing lots of um, written text and then applying that into, um, you know, essays. It's actually given me a lot of opportunity now and also in my roles when I was in startups to take time to look at reviewed market documents, review business, um, business papers and, and get a better way of taking that information and then distilling it down and doing something with that information. So it's almost like data analytics. Um, and very interestingly, my colleague who runs our sort of analytics side and our business development team out of our Boston office, she will mostly only hire arts, arts graduates because she thinks they're the best for the type of work that many of you are doing, which is all research driven, which I think is really interesting. I'd never really thought about that before. I hadn't thought about that when I did my arts degree, but it really has been a solid foundation for me um, throughout my career to date. Um, as, you, as I sort of explained, you know, I've, I went from financial services as a young grad 
um, sort of university to a startup environment um, in 2012 in a new country as well um, to where I am now in government. And they're, they're three very different um, beasts, you know, financial services, it's a large corporate, um, it, it's, it's not quite as, you know, maybe Wall Street as my image portrays, but you know, it, it is that large, beast of, um, of, 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 of an industry. And yes, it's brilliant if you want to get into it, but at the same time, as a young grad going in, it can be very, very challenging. I find on the other side, the start the startup was, was very interesting because you go in and you're almost thrown to the wolves again. It's a bit like doing an arts degree. There's no real advice. You're sort of throwing a laptop and away you go. Um, and, and there's lots of different stuff going on and you're all trying to work together to get to an goal, but it's maybe not as cohesive as you know, a larger ent enterprise. But again, you know, my arts degree was something that was very valuable that I had the self-discipline, you know, when there maybe wasn't, you know, a, a, you know, a, a daily or a weekly plan, um, I could still set my mind to do certain things that were of benefit to both me and the company as we grew. And um, the company I was with initially, the insurance company, that startup, they were sold. And then part of that sale, the company that bought us had a healthcare tech startup and I was able to actually then transition my way through that and the big part of that was by just building my network as well in those initial years in Canada and um, so I spent um from 2014 to 2017 with that healthcare startup uh, called InnoCare and um, they were also then sold in 2017 uh, which is sort of a good timing for me as well because that was when they invest Northern Ireland role and then when you move into government again it's a completely different beast and a different type of working but again I think I found that my experience and um, my arts degree Yes, my business grad, my business postgrad helped me, but I really feel that my arts degree gave me that solid, um, solid sort of foundation, and also then that analytical skills that apply. You know, my daily, my daily job, I'm doing a lot of reading, I'm, I'm, I'm digesting a lot of information about companies, I'm digesting a lot of market information, but I'm then trying to take that information and go, okay, well, how do I join the dots here, and how do I look at maybe what's an opportunity from a Northern Irish company, or this is a Canadian company, how do I maybe get them to think about how why Northern Ireland might be the, the, the correct location for them to grow in. Um, working internationally, and this is the stuff that will be of interest to you guys, you know, lessons learned. The big word for me is network. Your network is so key. Your network is key at home. It's key, uh, you start building your network in university, but your network overseas, um, I can't emphasize the importance of that. And network, network, network is what I really, really experience. I know that maybe doesn't always sit comfortably um, with people from the UK and Ireland and maybe in Europe as well, but network, network, network. Do the thousand cup of coffees. Take the meeting with it, whoever you can get when you first get there because you're going back to something that you're probably not totally familiar with since you maybe began school. You don't have a really core group when you go into a new city. You've got to rebuild both your personal network, but also your business network um, and your business network and personal network can overlap, but your business network is so key. It's the most valuable tool I have actually. And, and it's probably one of the reasons I got my job is I have a network here in Toronto that I've been working on. I'm always working on it. I'm always want to grow. And your network isn't just about taking, it's about giving as well. So, you know, when you get to a position overseas, perhaps then you can start to give back as well. You can maybe meet a new arrival, offer them some advice and talk about, you know, really simple things, you know, getting their social security card or, you know, the right area to be in in New York or Toronto up to like, you know, your resume. And there's lots of nuances as well when you go overseas as well. So, you know, I always think your network is the first key thing I would say when you look at overseas. Also then look at where you're going overseas as well. I chose Toronto. I was in financial services at the time in Dublin. That's why I chose Toronto. I didn't actually even think about Toronto having this fantastic tech ecosystem as well. But that's again, you know, maybe do, do the due diligence when you look at where you want to go. You don't always have to go with the job either. You know, I took that calculated risk. You know, yes, it's, it is a risky thing. And in COVID, it's maybe not as easy to do now. But at the same time, you know, if you take the calculated risk, you look at what you've been doing or your, your degree and you learn start to apply it to maybe um, and start to build your network in advance as well. So things like LinkedIn are really valuable um, from an overseas perspective. I would never have used LinkedIn when I worked in Dublin. And I live on LinkedIn here. Um, it's, it's just a, such a strong, strong tool for what I do and my role. Um, and from this facilitating piece, you know, you start to join the dots between certain people back in Northern Ireland and here. So, you know, I think a really key point is, is, is network. Um, the market here in Canada, it's doing okay. Um, if you are considering Canada potentially on your radar, uh, we have been hit, obviously, like the rest of the world with COVID, but we're starting to see a comeback. Um, I think areas like construction, Real estate are booming. Um, 
Canada is incredibly underpopulated as well, which I think is also plays to you know the immigration card. They're looking for highly skilled people to come here. There's only 37 million people in what's second largest landmass in the world. And so they want you to come here. And as soon as they can get their borders reopened and they can bring people here safely, they want to do that. So it's good to keep in mind, it's a little bit easier to get a visa to come here initially. Um, you can get that two year working visa both on your own or through an employer. And then for that two year visa, you can then actually, if you wish to continue on, it's quite easy to get your permanent residency. Easy is maybe the wrong word, but it's a simpler process. And then from there, actually, if you know, if you have plans to stay on as maybe someone like myself, you can transition into uh, your into a, into citizenship as well. So uh, Canada, Canada's a lot, a lot of potential in Canada and uh, it's a growing concern. Um, I also just want to very quickly highlight in our own program in Invest Northern Ireland that you guys may or may not be familiar, but we have a graduate to export scheme. Um, obviously, it's, it's, on, it's on hiatus at the moment because of COVID. Um, but what we do is we work with local Northern Irish companies and we as a, as a government entity, we fund uh, or partially fund that graduate. And that graduate gets an 18 month posting where they'll spend six months of doing training, uh, both theoretical and then in-person training. And then they do 12 months in a particular market and um, tends to be usually North America for a lot of these companies because they're looking at the US or Canada. We do have some companies in Asia and other parts, but it's a really, really good program. I've put the link at the bottom and um, you guys might not be able to see that, but if you do wish to um, learn more about it, please do feel free um, to, to send me an email, add me on LinkedIn or reach out or any questions at all about, you know, potentially your career overseas or you know, just about Canada in general, I'd be very happy to, you know, connect with you on LinkedIn. If, I don't know if you guys even use LinkedIn in your, or Twitter, um, but my email address is there as well. And I, I really would be um, appreciative. So that's that's sort of um, my uh, very quick 14 minutes of my career. And I'm, I'm very happy to take questions afterwards or, or offline as well. So uh, thank you very much. So thank you so much, Michael. That was terrific. Um, that was I was just writing down things as you were speaking. There's so many things that you've touched on. I think that the students will want to pick up on. I can see questions coming in already. You know, it was such a good overview of uh, um, you know what it's like to kind of um, to to do what you do and where you do it. But also, you know, just that kind of having that. Uh, um, you know, experience of coming from an arts and humanities background, you know, coming from um, history and, um, and geography and being able to kind of lift that and move it into a very different type of, um, you know, sector. And, you know, I know um, from my own experience of working with uh, um, with AHSS students um, here at Queen's, you know, very often it's more difficult for them to kind of envisage themselves in those sorts of roles. So it is just brilliant to hear that from you and also um, about the opportunities that are available in Canada and, you know, the network. And so there's lots for us to come back to. So thank you so much. So um, brilliant. So I'm going to move on now to Jessica. Jessica, um, let me just move this slide. So hi, Jessica. So, um, yeah, so Jessica is um, going to speak to you now for 10, 15 minutes as well. And Jessica is a HAP alumni. She graduated with the first class honours uh, in history and social anthropology. So congratulations with that. That was back in 2017, so not that long ago. And Jessica has told us that she really loves um, traveling and was inspired by trips such as Common Purpose, the Common Purpose Leadership course, I should say, in Hong Kong, which she was able to complete through Queen's back in 2017 as well. Um, Jessica went on to do a master's in international tourism management at Ulster, and that has really served her well, enabled her to travel to Colombia and South America to carry out research into tourism in post-conflict societies. So I know that that will be of huge interest to a lot of our students listening today. So I'm sure that was really interesting. And uh, um, Jessica attributes these experiences to her international outlook. So, uh, um, so you've been in New York since um, 2019. And um, so Jessica went to New York um, back in September 2019 with uh, um, to work for Tourism Ireland as part of an IBEC um, global graduate program. IBEC are currently recruiting at the minute. So, um, so everyone should be all ears um, to find out about uh, um, Jessica's experiences there. And uh, um, so Jessica, you um, have told me that um, New York has really created a foundation for your international career journey and it's inspired you to complete um, your PhD. So hopefully that will open up even more international doors. So without further ado, I am going to hand over to you now to um, deliver your presentation. So, um, so you're very welcome. I'm going to turn off now.
thank you so much, Karen. And um, yeah, thank you to Nula and uh, Rachel and Rory as well. And it's always been great to stay in contact with the Queen's Careers team. They've been a great support um, throughout my time at Queen's and afterwards as well. Um, thanks, Michael, as well for your presentation. It's great to hear a bit more about your career journey and your experiences in Canada and what the Canadian market is like at the moment. Um, so today I'm just going to chat to you informally about some of the international experiences I've had and some of the foundational um, opportunities that I've taken, which I think have really helped to shape an international career. Um, so yeah, I look forward to taking any questions at the end um, and please feel free to reach out with anything that you're interested in. So um, yeah, I graduated from Queen's in 2017 um, in history and social anthropology. Um, and yeah, it was great at that time to gain the international experience in Hong Kong. Um, so that was a 10 day trip um, with the Queen's Careers team and with about 20 other Queen's students. Um, and we were meeting alumni out there and that really inspired me um, that I knew that I wanted to look at international opportunities. Um, I then went to Ulster University and I did a one-year master's degree in international tourism management. Um, so this really built on some of the business experience and some of the part-time roles that I'd also had. Um, and it was relevant to the work experience I gained. And I wanted to have something that was more applied to working in an international business environment. Um, so I did do my research then in Colombia in South America. Um, I went out on my own. I didn't speak any Spanish. I had a good friend who had set up an organization there, which I'll talk a little about um, later. And I was very lucky to be surrounded by a lot of volunteers who both helped me to learn Spanish. I helped them to improve their English and through a lot of translation and a lot of conversations, um, we got all the information that I needed. Um, I specifically looked here at how street art is used as a destination management strategy in post-conflict societies. Um, and I did the research both in Colombia and then back in Belfast to build a comparative study. Um, so that was a really, really great experience um, and definitely worth taking that risk. Um, during this time, I also was doing an evening course in digital marketing. Um, so this is through the Chartered Institute of Marketing as I really wanted to have a professional accreditation as well. Um, and this just um, gave me another discipline, which I think was useful to show for employers too. Um, so despite formal education, I think it's super important to get involved in any extracurricular activities that um, you might come across. I understand this is probably a lot harder at the moment, um, but Queen's did have a really great volunteering opportunities. I was involved in their player society during costumes. Um, I also took on the role of president of the History Society um, during my last year at Queen's as well. So that was a great opportunity um, to meet people as well. So your career is definitely um, a journey and here's a quick overview of some of the key roles that I've had that I've found um, that shape the international career path I've taken. Um, it's by no means a flawless path and a lot of it is about adapting as you go. Um, I think it's really important when you are preparing your resume or when you're speaking to employers is to really create a narrative between your experience. Um, and as Michael mentioned, I think having that foundation and arts background is really helpful because um, you're used to you know building um, a good argument um, you're used to looking at large sources of information and this is a great skill to be able to bring forward for your employability um, so my background in history and anthropology I was really interested in people cultures and society so tourism was a natural fit for me um, I worked for a long time in Titanic Belfast in different roles so I was there for nearly three years in total working in their visitor experience team, which some of you may well work in, as I know that they do recruit a lot of HAP students. Um, and then I also worked with them in their marketing and events team too. So it was great to see both sides and you met people every day from all around the world. I will never forget the first time that I was told to go and stand in front of a coach load of 60 international tourists. And um, I introduced them to the galleries and thought that I would probably faint out of the fear of it. But the confidence that this gives you going forward for, um, you know, whether it be interviews or networking and meeting people, it's um, invaluable, definitely. Um, so then, yeah, the other skills that I gained in marketing and business roles, I worked in Randox Laboratories and their marketing and events team for a year in between my um, undergraduate and master's degree. Um, and this um, business experience then also um, made me choose the um, Ulster International Tourism Management degree for my master's. 
Um, I'm now hoping um, to go on. I'll talk a little bit more about Tourism Ireland in a minute, um, but I am hoping um, probably to pursue a PhD now back in anthropology or look for further international um, business roles. So this foundation in the arts background has been completely invaluable. Um, so the trade and business tourism team that I worked in um, was in Tourism Ireland. Um, so it was part of the IBEC graduate scheme and they are hiring at the moment. So definitely it is a great opportunity. They have roles across Ireland, um, Europe and in North America. Um, I have friends here in Dubai um, and even as far as Australia as well. Um, so really they're still looking to send graduates away if the opportunity is still right. Um, and I think they are doing it as a shorter one year program just because of the uncertainty of the climate, um, but it's a great way to gain international experience. Um, so when I applied, I knew that New York was where I wanted to go, and um, I moved over here in September 2019. And um, upon arrival, my role was new, so I had a real opportunity to shape the role for what I was interested in. Um, and I was given great experience. So in my first year, I managed 27 business accounts and a couple of multi-million dollar um, campaigns. Um, I also had the opportunity to travel to events in New York and in Orlando, Florida at the um, golf show down there. Um, and every day there's a new opportunity to adapt your role to the interest. So never be afraid, even as a young graduate, that you still do have, you know, the opportunities to say where your strengths and interests lies. Um, and employers are always keen to hear where your interest is as well. So I am currently still in New York. Um, I finished up with Tourism Ireland in September 2020. Um, it did turn out to be a bit of a different year just with COVID and the impact of that. So I decided to take um, a slightly different direction at this point. And um, as I mentioned, my friend's organization um, in Colombia, it's called Get Up and Go Colombia. And um, they established this as a tourism NGO to promote tourism in the southwestern region in Colombia, while also providing job opportunities for victims of the conflict. So I've always loved the work that they have done. And we decided then through talking throughout the course of the year that we would develop a program called Exchanges for Peace. Um, so this is an international program and it's for young people who work in peace building industries to give them an opportunity to come on, present their country um, in a different narrative that is often portrayed in the media. So even a lot of us even from Northern Ireland, you know, you deal with a lot of, um, you know, pre-decided um, ideas about what the country is like. And it's a great um, way then we've uh, thought to develop a platform. Um, to present these countries in the more um, unique experience way by locals. Um, so that has been a great opportunity. Now it is a full-time voluntary role. Um, I will talk a little bit more about visas in a second, but due to my visa situation, I'm not currently able to work um, for profit. So that was a conscious decision um, I made. I will also talk about budgeting very briefly. Um, and I worked three jobs the year before I came out here um, just to enable me to have the opportunity to do that at some point. Um, so, I'm talking then a little bit more about living and working in New York specifically. Um, it's very busy and exciting. Um, we're lucky here at the moment that there still is some freedom to attend events. A lot of it is online, um, but there is still opportunities for travel and networking in some um, capacity. Um, I definitely would say the prioritization of your workload is the number one thing that you'll learn when you move here. Um, I was still completing my master's right up as I was moving here. And with the IBEC graduate scheme, you're also starting another postgraduate diploma. Um, so doing that at the same time as moving, finding accommodation, starting a new job, you really have to be very strict with yourself. Um, but it's a great opportunity to learn how to um, balance, you know, these different opportunities. Um, so yeah, I've still had great opportunities to travel within the US um, and I have been to Alaska, Colorado, um, New Orleans, Montreal. It really is a very easy country to travel around and I definitely recommend if you do get the um, opportunity in the future to always set aside some money for traveling because you can take a long weekend and it's very, very easy to travel within the US. Um, I'd say that decision making and resilience are two of the biggest things that I have learned while being here. 
Um, so as I mentioned, because I decided to take a slightly different direction, you had to be very strong in making that decision and explaining to people, you know, why that was the right thing to do at the time. Um, and you still have the responsibility to shape your career, even at a young point. Um, and if you want to take a different direction after a while, there is no problem in that as well, as the connections that you build along the way um, will be invaluable to your future career too. Um, so resilience then as I mentioned as well it's a word that's used a lot frequently at the moment and um, for you know good reason so you will if you move internationally be faced with a number of decisions to make um, I did decide to stay here but as no one can come um, or like enter or leave the country really unless you're a citizen at the moment um, you know that means I haven't seen any family members for a year now and it's by really building then that strong network here that you have a support system um obviously no one could have thought what this year would have been um but you know having that um resilience is really really important um for having your international career um and then budgeting as I mentioned it's so important often as a graduate you are just given a sort of living allowance every month which will cover your costs um, do work as much as you can and save up before you do an international um, career just at the early point is it's really important just to have that um, sort of backup um, and definitely I would say reach out to people who are based in the city that you're interested in it's one thing I probably didn't do enough of before I came here um, but I'm always happy to receive any messages people might have even if we've never met before um, you'll find out so many useful insider tips and tricks this way about where to live what's an affordable way to find rent and um, good events to go to um, definitely it's a great way to um, meet people as well and then the visa situation in the US is a bit um, complicated if you have a long-term goal that's definitely worth considering before you come out here as that can impact what visa you take um, and I'd mentioned before um, that I will be able to send through some resources that give a little bit more information about visas in the US um, if you do your research before you come that will make it a lot easier I've spent a lot of time doing the free consultations with um, immigration lawyers out here just to make sure I was very well informed um, so it is a little bit more complicated but hopefully in the next few months um, you know the US will be open again for graduates and for graduate opportunities. So advice then that I would have um, I would really stress again the network that you build is one of the most invaluable things that you will have um, both professionally and socially as well. So I've always kept in great contact with the Queen's alumni and careers team. And I remember after being in New York for only a month, there was a Queen's careers event. And it was just lovely to see some familiar faces and hear some familiar accents. Um, and then there's alumni events as well. So I know they had a Seamus Heaney event um, very near me in work. Um, and it was great to go along and speak to other Queen's alumni in the city. And it definitely makes the city that you've moved to feel a lot smaller when you have some connections there. Um, so other great organisations that are definitely worth um, looking into either before you come out or when you get here is Irish International Business Network who run the LEAP Leadership Acceleration Programme for Women in Business. Um, that is a competitive programme to get onto but it's absolutely great um, to meet other women who are working in New York um, who are from Irish um, backgrounds. And there's also the Irish Business Organisation and New York New Belfast which looks specifically at the links between Belfast and New York. Um, now, as well as doing this, I would really recommend to, um, you know, volunteer or attend events to meet local people too. I remember when I came home for my first Christmas, everyone laughed and said that my um, accent had got stronger um, with an Irish accent than it had with an American one because I had went to so many Irish events and it's a great support network, but it is really good to meet, you know, local people or other people for, uh, pursuing an international um, career path as well. Um, so that's definitely a really important one. Um, and always go along to events and just say yes and try it. I have been there and felt uncomfortable and you don't know anyone and before you know it you will have you know had a conversation with someone which invites you to something else and you really do um, build that network and connect with people on LinkedIn or drop an email after the event and um, it really really is invaluable. So I suppose um, the only other couple of things I would say is if I was still um, a Queen's, I would have put more emphasis on maybe learning an international language. It was only something that I'm really coming to do now. And even if you're looking to go to an English speaking market, I think it really shows employers that you have an international outlook. Um, and even if it's not something you use day to day, it shows you that, you know, this is something that you were preparing for. 
and just have the confidence to go and um, you know you can go and you can try it and you know there's no reason why if you either love it and stay or if you want to go back home and uh, UK or Europe that is also a possibility and um, but just never be afraid to try um so that is probably the end of my presentation for now um thank you so much for for listening and do please reach out if you have any questions at all um if i could be of any help i would absolutely love to be um so thanks so much so jessica thank you so much for um for your presentation that was terrific and uh, um it was really personal as well so i think uh, um there's a lot of takeaways from that uh, for our students you know i think just getting um, a sense of the reality of what it's like to, um, you know, to to get different types of um, international experience, and uh, um, you know, but also as well those really important uh, um, pieces of advice that you offered there about, you know, networking. In fact, both of you um, really emphasised that the importance of networking and building a support network around you. I often think, you know, students. Uh, um, you know, when you are still at university and you haven't really had the chance to kind of, you know, get out there into the real world, networking can seem like, you know, a, like a chore, like something that, uh, um, you know, that that everybody knows that you have to do instead of maybe thinking about it in terms of, you know, how useful it is and the chance to meet people and, uh, um, you know, and um, extending your range. So I think that just the kind of the realities of that, of how you apply yourself in different contexts is so important. So thank you so much. So um, I'm just going to move the slides on. I'm going to ask Michael um, to put his camera on um, again. And um, guys, now we're, we're at the Q&A session. So you've had um, some really fantastic um, presentations from Michael and Jessica. And uh, so We've got we have questions in the chat. I'm going to um, go through them now. So if anyone else has questions, you can put them in as well. So the first question that uh, um, that I have is um, for Michael, um, the, um, a student who Michael says he has a, a similar um, story to yourself as a UCD arts graduate who then um, went into a career in financial services who's now doing an MSc in software development at Queen's and um, beginning to look for an international um, career in Canada, if possible. So his question to you is, in terms of searching for jobs overseas, how do you find jobs um, without a visa arranged in advance? Does it put you at a disadvantage against um, local candidates when you apply from abroad? Um, so how do you tackle that disadvantage, if that's the case? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, um, and it's great to hear another UCD uh, alumni on the on the call. Um, no, it's to be honest, it, it is going to put you at this disadvantage. Like, you can't sugarcoat that. If you're going to apply for a role overseas, you're you're either going to be relying on the employer to back you, um, or you can show initiative. And then that's harder with the US at the moment, but that may open up. But in Canada, you can show the initiative. You are serious about it by applying for the IEC visa. Um, which is open to uh, both Irish and, and, and British passport holders. Um, and it's a pretty simple process and you, it doesn't actually, visa doesn't kick in. So you can apply for the visa, get the visa and have a two year visa, but the visa doesn't kick in until you actually land in Canada. So then you can have that visa and you don't have to use that visa until you actually do, you know, secure your interviews or secure a job offer. Because I think by showing the initiative that you have the visa, um, it shows um, to the employer, you know that you are you know you're i guess you're, you're you've taken that initiative to, 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 to that step so it's it's a bit harder to apply uh certainly i would be looking at roles and identifying roles and identifying companies and um, be that in toronto um montreal vancouver uh, and if you're looking at software development you know toronto would probably be your focus vancouver there's a good there is a good hub um but toronto is really booming for that at the moment and there is a there is a shortage and demand for software developers in the city um but i would i would say you if you are serious about it you may it's maybe worth making the investment the visa and I will get. I can get you more information on this. And if you look it up, it's not that expensive. If I remember to apply for the initial for the IEC visa, um, and it doesn't take that long um, to get approved for it. And then once you get approved for it, it doesn't actually kick in until you arrive in Canada. Um, so that would be my, I would say, my suggested approach. Unless you find an employer who is then you know, willing to sponsor you, but that's probably a little bit unlikely at the minute because they're probably going to look at the labour market locally. 
Okay, thank you for that, Michael. That's terrific. So I have um, another question, which um, I'll put to um, Jessica and um, and then Michael um, as well, because I think it applies to both. So a couple of questions in about um, having a second language um, and whether that would be beneficial for looking for um, international work, even if English is the most widely spoken or popular language there. So um, Jessica, do you want to tackle that first of all, and then we'll move on to, um, to Michael? Yeah, like I know that it is just something that I wish that I had started um, sooner. Um, I think it's a great thing just to show even if you're at a beginner intermediate level. I know that IBEC, they really, really um, enjoy the fact that a lot of graduates come with language skills. Now that kind of predetermined though what market you would go to. Um, so if you don't have a second language, you're more likely to go to an English speaking market. There were some people who, because they were maybe the only graduate who had a German capability or a Spanish capability, they were sent to one of those markets. Um, so it can influence where you go. Um, but I just think it's an invaluable um, skill to have, even if you're not using it day to day. Okay, super. And Michael, obviously Canada is a bilingual company. Yeah, obviously it's bilingual. Like I think Jessica in her presentation was really spot on. It's, it's incredibly valuable. Um, I, I something I wish I'd maybe you know paid closer attention at the beginning of my career. Um, I can just about about get by in French. Um, not as not as well as I should be able to. Um, but yeah, I think it's invaluable. I think again, it shows you know. You've got the initiative. It also broadens your um, your opportunities as well. Um, you could be in the U.S. and Canada, and you could actually be working for a firm that are maybe doing business in South America. So you know, Spanish or Portuguese come into play there. Uh, in Canada, you know, Montreal is is a French speaking province. Um, New Brunswick is a French speaking province. So again, it broadens your opportunities as well. Um, there now, yeah, you could certainly get by with just English for sure, but. Um, I, I, if you if you if you are doing it, I, I applaud you. Uh, I think I think it's I think it's, it's really good. And I think any employer is going to look at that, um, and it's going to give you an extra tick or notch up up there up their decision making tree. Yeah, great. And also, I would add to that, you know, certainly across the EU, you know, for anyone considering jobs across the EU institutions or, um, you know, working in an EU context, um, the second language would really be beneficial there as well. And, you know, as a Queen's student, you can access the Queen's Language Centre and uh, take advantage of reduced rates for courses and things there. So we'd really encourage you to get involved with that. So we have another question in. This is uh, um, about, uh, um, we talked about risk, kind of taking a calculated risk and um, you know, both you talked about just making that decision, being brave. So we have a question in asking for advice for overcoming the fear or nerves moving to a new country. So, you know, have you got any um, words of comfort for people who are thinking about embarking on the journey, making the decision? Do you want to kick off with that, Jessica? Both of you, or... whichever one. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, like I would definitely say to people, I was the biggest homebird and I would go away for a couple of weeks, enjoyed that and was always grateful just to come home again. Um, and I just thought, look, let's try it. You have nothing to lose. And um, also, you know, always remember, like, just talk to your employers if you go away and they have an office that's somewhere else, you know, I'm sure they will work with you if you decide that the international role just doesn't fit with you. Um, but just definitely give it a go. You have absolutely nothing to lose, um, especially as you're just graduating. Um, 100%. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I sort of agree with that. You know, I think it, it, there is a lot of fear associated, I think as well in the current climate as well. It, it, it's harder to do now because we've, we've come through this past year and, we, I think we've taken travel for granted and the opportunity to go abroad, which I think then should, once it does reopen again, you know, jump at that chance because you learn so much about yourself in a different, in a different market. I know it sounds a bit cliche, but you really do get to know yourself better. Like I, I was born in Northern Ireland, but I grew up in Dublin and like my, you know, your circle is quite small um, in, in your hometown. Yes. If you go away to university, it broadens, but when you go to a new city and I think, you know, Jessica made some lovely points about that, get out and meet people because you're going to meet people that, you know, a city like Toronto or New York, very different to a city like Dublin or Belfast, much bigger, much more cosmopolitan, much more multi, uh, multicultural. You know, I mean, people from all over the world and, and you're going to develop a sort of a broader way of thinking. And that actually then can be applied to not only you, but personally, you, know, you get your own personal development, but then that's also brilliant to take into your career as well, because you start to think about things a little bit differently. Again, this does sound a little wishy-washy, but it is that kind of emotive, um, soft, soft uh, skills that I would really say, you know, you, you, you get embraced when you go abroad because you're going to meet people from all over the world. Um, and you're going to get a different way of thinking about where they came from, their cultures, um, even things like food, right? You know, you're just, you're just going to broaden your your, your, your sense. Um, uh, so if you get the chance, you can do it. Um, 
yeah, it's a risk, but uh, you know, I, you know, at the end of the day, I know it's harder to get home at the moment, but you can get on a flight and come home. Um, and, and no one's going to look at you, you know, poorly for doing that because you took, you took the chance, right? Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And actually, I was just thinking while you were both answering, I was just thinking about uh, um, Jessica, your comment about resilience and about needing to kind of, you know, to be resilient. And, uh, um, you know, so do you think, you know, is there anything that you think uh, um, students could do now that would help them, you know, in their own context? You know, and I think I'm going to put this to both of you. You know, what can they do to kind of build up that resilience that would help them in, you know, a different type of environment? Um, I just think always taking on new opportunities um, and then you're you know used to meeting new people all the time I know it is different at the moment um, but just getting out I didn't really touch on it fully but the volunteering aspect of my career has always been something that has been um, absolutely integral because you can take on these great opportunities that you might need far more experience to um, to do if you were doing it in a paid capacity um, and then you're always putting yourself in a new role, meeting new people. And then when you move that to an international um, you know, perspective, you've already done half of the groundwork and you don't realise it. So that would probably be one of my biggest pieces of advice to do when you're at home. Brilliant. Michael. Yeah, I think I think, you know, sort of on that as well, you know, even if you're not even if you're not like from Ireland and you're maybe you're you've you've got that tie to Queens and you've got the tie to diaspora and the alumni network. Um, that's really valuable. That's something that you can dip into straight away in, in any major city around the world. You're going to find people from Queens. You're going to find people from Ireland. There's a massive, massive undertap resource that we have from the island of Ireland, uh, north and south, which is our diaspora. Um, you know, there's 14% of the population in Canada has an Irish connection, 10% of the US. So you're going to meet someone that has a connection and wants to talk to you about your connection. And you might think about that and go, oh, I'm not really bothered. But that person then becomes really valuable because they're going to actually be interested in you, where you come from or where you went to university, even if you're not Irish. Um, and sort of then discuss that and, and use that. So, you know, that actually helps. You almost have a you almost have a pre-built network before you get there. You don't you just don't know about it, right? You know, I, I didn't come to Toronto and I think Jessica touched upon it, you know, to hang out with Irish people, but you sort of find yourself getting the best of both worlds because the Irish network um, and the diaspora network or the Queens network or the UCD network, you can really tap into that and through that doors can be open. And likewise, you know, I, I put myself in that position now where I will happily take someone who's new and give them a bit of advice or give them a bit of a steer or say, Do you know what? I know someone at a software company, let me, let me reach out to them and just make an ask and see if they'll review your resume for you or something like that. So I think that's a really under tap resource. And I think, uh, I'm going on a little bit, but there was a, the power of the tribe is, is really what it's called. And the Israelis were the first to really grasp that with their people abroad. Um, but the Irish, it's an undertapped resource that we have people. And, you know, you go to New York, we're going to have people in C-suite, Toronto, C-suite, San Francisco, C-suite, Singapore, C-suite. You're going to have decision makers, male and female, really successful people that have come off the island or parents come off the island and they were in their first generation and they want to help you so um I, I would that would be my advice i think the power of our diaspora is incredible um, and our alumni as well so that would be something i would look at super so we're kind of coming um, close to our, our our time but um so but I, I'm, I'm going to squeeze in a few more questions um so there's a question here which relates to qualifications and uh, the question is um, do you need to get a different diploma or degree in Canada and or America um, to to work. So do you want to maybe just have a quick comment on that? Um, if you, um, a bit comparability of qualifications, your degrees um, in, in Canada, first of all. Yeah, from a Canadian, from a Canadian perspective, um, they will recognize your degree. Um, you might need to get um, it um, certified. Um, uh, it's called WES, W-E-S, and I can send information on that to maybe Karen that you can share. Um, that's, for your, that's for when you apply for your permanent residency. But initially, um, they're, they're going to recognize um, somewhere like Queen's um, because Queen's obviously is internationally um, renowned. Um, so, yeah, there's not a massive... Um, uh, disconnect on the qualifications piece but you may need to get some things just um uh, certified okay. by the canadian body and yeah and new york and the us it's pretty okay awesome. so I yeah your qualifications they'll be recognized um here also um i think it's only if you were coming out here to maybe study further to do a master's or phd there could be some um sort of qualifications that need sort of translated into the system here um but for working purposes it should be no problem. I would just really recommend that you actually, um, you know, say about the extracurricular things and the other, you know, skills that you have, as that is what will um, 
set you apart if you have a good uh, foundation in your education as well. Super. So, um, so yeah, so we don't have, we've only got a few more minutes left. Um, so um, I think just one final, one final question. Um, what for both of you um, is the biggest culture shock that you've experienced um, moving and moving abroad and working internationally? Is there one thing that uh, um, would be the biggest shock for you? So very quickly, Jessica, do you want to maybe go first of all, be work or personal? I think, do you know what, it's the little things, it's writing the date with the month first and then the, the day of the month or it's, you know, the coins when you're looking at dollars and it's just these little things that you're looking at, okay, I actually am somewhere different, you know, you have the language um, and everything else, but it's definitely those sort of everyday little things, using the subways, um, you know, initially just getting used to a new city, um, but before you know it, you know, you know it like the back of your hand, so. Super and Michael. Yeah, it's all things like the tax thing here gets me still. Even though I've been here nine years, like you go into a shop and you think you're paying something, and then you go to the checkout and it's, there's like thirteen percent tax on it. So that's stuff like that. Just you don't have it home, right? Um, so just little things, and then um, I think Canadians have a different sense of humor to us. Um, I think there's a there's a certain uh, this maybe a bit of a gap okay. of our humor, or maybe I've got bad humor, perhaps. But that's that's maybe one thing. But yeah, just little things like that. Things like that. And then finally, finally, um, if you knew, if you knew then what you know now, what is the one thing you would tell yourself as an undergrad about to graduate? Graduate? Um, probably just like, you can, yeah, you can do a lot more than what you realise that you can do um, and that you're completely capable um, and just apply for every opportunity and the right, you know, the right one. If you work really, really hard and put in a lot of work for it, you know, um, the opportunity will come your way for sure. Super. Yeah. And Mike? Just not to be as fearful. The, 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 the world actually isn't as scary as, as you maybe think it is when you leave that bubble. It's actually, it's, um, everyone's, everyone's still learning. You're still developing. Your, your career never actually finishes. It just goes like that. You, could, you, might, you might take lateral movements, but you're still progressing. So yeah, just don't, don't, be, don't be as fearful. Try and, I know that's hard, but try and have that resilience and, and maybe just a bit of a positive outlook. It, you'll get there. You'll get to wherever you want to go, but you might not be the most straightest route. So, so that's fantastic. So thank you both so much for joining us, for doing your presentations, for staying for the panel discussion and just for sharing your knowledge and your insights and your experiences. Um, it's, you know, it makes such a difference. It makes such a difference for students to hear this firsthand and, um, you know, it helps them to relate and map um, in their own lives. and. Um, so I really can't thank you enough. Um, to the students then, um, you know, I hope that you'll reflect on the comments that you've heard, the information that you've got, and as this is recorded, you'll be able to pick up, um, you know, on some of the um, the points that were made during the presentations. And if you want to follow up with Michael and uh, um, Jessica, please do that. They're both very generously. Um, given their contact details and you know link in with them and um, try to take on board the um, the advice and the tips that um, that you've got today and if anything you know just put your best foot forward yes we're living in a, in a pandemic but it will change and the world is still out there opportunities are still out there so you know try something that appeals to you um, just try and uh, um, you know and, and go for it and the career service is here to support you on your journey. So I'm going to quickly just run through a few more slides um, just to give the students um, some information um, about where they can go if they want to um, find out more. So um, I will just flip it forward. So um, the Queen's Global Opportunities team have a really useful web page. They have all of the opportunities for study and work abroad listed there. Um, you can make an appointment through my future for a one-to-one -one session with Rory. Um, Jessica's done a big shout out to Rory and the Global Ops team. Rory and Conmouth are both fantastic. And uh, if you are interested in finding out what uh, opportunities are available as you are as an undergrad um, or a postgrad, um, make an appointment to talk to them and find out what you can do. And uh, um, also, I would encourage you to attend the Careers Beyond Profit uh, employer panels, which my colleagues are running um, next week. So we've got Conservation Heritage and Museum um, panels, the first one on the 22nd, 
public sector and not-for-profit panel uh, on the 23rd and on the 24th we have a creative arts panel uh, or on the 24th is part of the work experience and placement fair so there'll be some really useful employers there you'll get a chance to ask them questions find out about uh, um you know what it's like to work in the sector and find out about opportunities that are there and lots of the employers who will be attending that will have um opportunities for internships and placements and so on so do not miss that and the work experience and placement fair on the 24th of february um we've got lots of um uh, employers registered for that we have a big focus on arts and humanities and social sciences students and um, you've both heard or you've heard from both michael and jessica they're both um, arts and humanities students. Their background is, uh, um, you know, um, arts and HAP. So um, those are transferable. Those skills you've just heard how um, relatable and transferable they are to um, different um, sorts of, of sectors. So keep an open mind. Keep your options open. Build up the experience. All the experience that you build up is. Uh, um, you know you it's transferable you can use it in different contexts so um use this as your chance to start networking with employers start talking to employers start getting confident in that process and uh, um you know and the more familiar you are um the the better so um so yeah so use the resources use the careers website check out the careers pages check out the careers events look at the information by school and by sector and, uh, um, and just finally then, a massive thank you to everybody for attending. And uh, um, we hope that you find it useful. So, um, okay, so stay safe everybody. And thank you very much. You have been listening to Find Your Future, a podcast from careers, employability and skills at Queen's University Belfast. For more career helps and advice, visit go.qb.ac.uk slash careers.